And so what we have here, notice these verses. We'll read the verses, 1 Corinthians 16. And again, we've been going through the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, and we have noticed um, Paul, of course, Paul's winding down the book, but he speaks in kind of a, a different, a little bit of different tone here. Certainly in verse 13, and most likely uh, verse 14, we're going to, what he says in verse 14, we're going to include in, in what we're teaching. But verse 13 is a definitely a different tone. But let's read verse 13 and 14. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14, it says, Watch ye stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. Again, what is what do we read? We're getting right in, we just read two verses towards the end of a book. Uh, it's written to a local church, the Corinthians, and he had dealt with several subjects, many subjects here, I should say, um, about unity, about some moral issues, about the Lord's table, about some doctrines, about the use of spiritual gifts, and the great resurrection chapter. And now we're coming to some final words. He, he, he teaches them and us about giving. Um, we learn a little bit of Paul's planning nature in those verses before that. And now he's just shooting out some last uh, several these verses here, some final commands. He'll give a few more, talk about a family here. Um, uh, the house of Stephanus, and uh, we'll hear some final greetings. But the words that Paul says, particularly in verse 13 and 14, the way it's said, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, particularly those words, I've read that they are basically that same phrase, except for the fact of standing fast in the faith. That phrase was used, those, those, those phrases, particularly in verse 13, were used to stir Roman soldiers before, right before they were to engage in battle. Just some final commands. And it's like that's what Paul's doing for us as we've been, you know, being trained, the reader, if we've been paying attention to what we're reading, we've gone through this book, we've preached through it, the reader's being taught, we're being trained as church members, as Christians, and Paul's issuing these last several, uh, just a little pep talk in these short phrases before we go out to war. And, but it's also what's included in verse 14. I don't know that a Roman soldier would hear verse 14, let all your things be done with charity. Uh, but we're going to include that in our military militant pep talk from the Apostle Paul, our, our apostolic commander. Okay? So, again, what is this? We're going to look at five parts here. There's a five-part pep talk. It's very easy. We looked at last week the fact that Paul said, watch ye. Watch ye. Uh, open your eyes. Be um, pay, paying attention to that which is around you. Pay attention to yourself. Last week, we looked at some things that uh, we noticed in Scripture that we should pay attention to. We need to be wide-eyed. We need to be alert to our own heart. What's going on in my heart? What's been going on in there? The Bible says, take heed to yourself. Take heed unto thy... Uh, the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. What's going on in your heart? We need to watch. As the Scripture talks about, about watching for the Lord's coming several times. Jesus said, what I say unto you, referring to the Jews and the, the Christian, the disciples of his day, I say to all, watch ye, referring to his coming. Um, we should watch out for Satan against his wiles and the wiles of the devil. We should watch in conjunction with prayer. Pray and watch and watch and pray. Um, if you don't know what to pray about, open your eyes and look around you. You're going to think, oh, no, I got something to pray about now. Um, and then after you've prayed, open your eyes again and see what happens. 
watch and pray, and pray and watch. So we need to have that. We need to pay attention in that sense. Paul says, watch ye. Um, there's a whole package of things that that implies. Uh, as a pastor and as a dad who has a, has, a fam- has a man who has a family and a pastor who has a flock, I need to watch, take heed unto the flock, uh, each of my flocks. And so should you, those of you that are over a class or over uh, people in your business. You need to take, uh, diligent, take heed to the flock, to know the state of thy flocks, it says in Proverbs. Paul says, watch ye. Let's go to the next phrase here, number two, stand fast in the faith. Stand fast. What do you think of when you hear stand fast? Does it mean to get up real quick? No. Stand really fast. Hurry up. What does stand fast mean? Stand fast, Jonathan. Hold your ground. Yeah, he's got it. means fastened. The word fast doesn't mean how, fat, how quick you are. It means how secure you are. You're fastened. Stand fastened in the faith. Um, the word is stakeo which is probably the word where we get the word stake, like being staked down. Being, means to be made firm, to be settled, versus being flip-flopping and changing and floating and unsettled. Be settled in your mind, firm in your convictions. But you know what? So Paul says, stand fast. Um, be fastened. Um, some people are fastened to uh, their opinions. Some people are fastened to... Their favorite brand, I stand fast in my conviction about this brand of car or this brand of food or this brand of whatever, name it, we get all proud about the brands of anything as Americans. I know you use this brand, but I use this brand. And we, we have our little, you know, our little favorite flavors and things that we want to stand fast in. We get, we, some people stand fast in certain political, um, you know, policies that they, that they, that they like and, um, you know, we, get, we stand fast in the loyalty to a team, a favorite sports team. Um, our favorite uh, type of car or dietary choices, we stand fast in those things. But all those are really just, you know, minor issues compared to what Paul said. Paul didn't say stand fast in those. He said stand fast in the faith. Look what it says, stand fast in the faith. He didn't say, all right, y'all, Corinthians, just be stubborn about whatever you like. Whatever it is, stand fast in it. If it's your favorite cereal, stand fast. Make sure your wife never buys any other kind. You know, you know he says, stand fast in the faith. See, some of you laugh because we get like that as Americans. We get where we, 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 we're stubborn about a certain opinion or preference or whatever. But we need to think, what relates to my faith? Whatever relates to my faith, I need to be fastened in. Stand fast in the faith. Faith is that which pertains to the life of living for Jesus Christ, the faith. Um, And so uh, issues related to faith in Christ. What are issues related, directly related to faith in Christ? Well, some people, they don't stand fast in the faith because they're unsettled. They don't even know if they've really trusted Christ as their Savior. We need to be fastened. Do I I know that I stand in the gospel? Hold your place there. Look at 1 Corinthians 15.1. When it comes to where I'm, what I'm really trusting or who I'm really trusting, it's pictured as a stand. And where do I stand? On whom am I standing on? 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Look what it says there. Moreover, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. That's where they stand. The Corinthians, they had a lot of problems. But Paul knew 
by and large, they were standing on the message, the gospel that he preached. They weren't standing on a religious tradition. They weren't standing on the, the depending on, um, you know, the, the, the trusting in Paul himself. They're standing in and on the gospel. I like the, we sing the, the old hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Um, Okay, so Paul says, stand fast in the faith. Some people are unsettled in their faith. Um, So let's look look at a couple other things. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58, probably on the same page or near it in your Bible there. What does it say? Therefore, my beloved brethren, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, uh, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The idea there is somebody who's standing fast and they're firm in their, their, their commitment to working for Christ, working, the work of faith. They're standing fast in the work of faith. And you stand fast in the gospel faith and you stand fast in the work of faith. We need to stand fast with our family of faith. Look at, first, look at Philippians 1.27. By the way, in a little bit, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to ask some of you all if you'll read some of these passages tonight. So I can keep you watching ye um, and pay attention. <laughs> and we can all just enjoy uh, sharing the reading of Scripture. First, look at Philippians 1.27. It says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. He's talking about the collective behavior of the church and the attitude that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul's saying um, that there should be, you know, the family of faith, there should be some unity. Paul says, stand fast. I think that would include the work of faith, the family of faith. We're told, look in Galatians 5.1, Galatians 5.1, to to, uh, be settled in our our liberty that we have with Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.1. Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Um, there, so what it's saying is, he's, Paul's saying, look, he, the, the, it was basically, he's, the, the Galatian Christians, which is a region, of, a region of churches, not just one church, many of them were caught up in trying to keep Jewish um, laws to be accepted with God. And when they hear the gospel, it's the gospel of free grace, and that a man's not justified by the works of the law, for the works by the works of the law shall no man be justified, but by the faith of Christ. And Paul says, just you know, stand fastened in that, that liberty you have. Don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage, the yoke of having to thinking and having to do good works in order to be saved. Um, so, stand fast, he says. Now, number three, quit you like men. Look what it says. Unusual phrase, perhaps we're not used to. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, quit you like men. Quit, what do you mean, what? Quit being a man, is that what it's saying? Quit you like men. Oh, quit you like, like a man, but then quit. Which is this thing? It's saying to be a man. Be like a man. Now, wait a minute. It's not telling ladies to start becoming masculine. As it relates to your faith, it's, it's talking about the idea of being, of being uh, brave and, 
unhesitating and aggressive, really. Quit you like men. As it relates to our faith being strong in that sense. Um, be brave. Okay, so anybody want to take up uh, some? I'm going to give out a reference here. Anybody want to? I need somebody to read 1 Samuel 4, verses 7 to 10. 1 Samuel 4, 7 to 10. All right, Brother Matt, it'll be several verses there. I'll need somebody to read 1 Chronicles 19, 13. I need a volunteer. Kenna, 1 Chronicles 19, 13. And then I need somebody to do 1 Kings 2, 2. Annabelle, okay. Got some ladies that want to read about quit you like men. That's good. Okay. And then one, all right, well, how about one more? Hebrews eleven thirty four. Quickly, a man put his hand up. Okay. Uh, with, all right, Steve, I'll let Steve do it. And then, Josh, you can do the next one. Okay, the idea, okay, so we're on point three. Paul says, quit you like, man, what are you talking about, Paul? All right, so we're going to compare some scripture. Let's listen to this passage that Brother Matt reads. It's the Philistines who are, feel like, uh-oh, the Israelites are coming to get us. We're going to die if we don't do something. <clears throat> Now, it's not supposed to work this way. The good guys are supposed to win, right? This is Israel going against the Philistines, the Philistines, however you want to pronounce it, and the Philistines beat them. Now, what happened was the Israelites, when they, they, they were all excited because the ark of God was with them, and they had this kind of lucky charm attitude. Woohoo! You know, we got our little lucky charm with us. And um, they got all excited, and they were, kind of had a nice, loud pep rally, and the Philistines were like, Whoa, they got, you know, some people, it's like fear, like a, when something's on the line, your life is on the line, it'll make or break you. You're like, Ugh, you melt away and just, or you like bolster your strength and say, we're going to fight back. It's the fight or flight thing. They chose the, the fight part of it. As men, the Philistines rallies like, these, these Israelites are worked up. They're all worked up, and they're gods. You know, they didn't see theologically clearly who they're dealing with. Their gods are the gods that helped them get out of Egypt. Come on, guys, be men. You know, and they're just rallying. This is a this is like a manly rally here of these pagan Philistines. Come on, you guys, we can't lose. We're not gonna die. And they're like, yeah, you're right. I mean, these guys are probably kind of like cavemen, like maybe I don't know, just Philistines. And they they beat them thirty thousand. Was it thirty thousand? Thirty thousand. They beat Israelites. And what was the rallying cry? Quit, you like men. You know, well, Paul borrows that phrase. Let's look at uh, the next one. Kenna, are you going to read that passage there for us? 1 Chronicles 19.13. All right, last, I think it was March or April, I brought up this passage. It was actually the parallel passage, 2 Samuel 10. Um, Abishai and Joab, and they were being basically surrounded by Syrians, and Abishai and Joab it was kind of outnumbered, and, and Joab says, you take these guys, and I'll take these guys, and if my guys are um, too strong for me, come over and help me. 
your guys are too strong for you. I'll come help you. And we're just going to be valiant in this thing. We're just going to give it all we got and let God just take care of the results. That's a good motto in life, really, is that we do, we do the best we can and we leave the rest in God's hands. And that's what Abishai did. The parallel passage says, Let's, let us play the men for our people. The idea of just, it doesn't mean like, it, mean, it means the same thing of be like a man, is what it says. And so, um, you know, as Christians, we need to be, you know, it's almost like we have to have a tough skin but a tender heart. You know, we have to, we have, to ha- have compassion but be strong in the elements of this world, the spiritual elements of the world, and quit us like men. That is, be brave, be aggressive. Versus the contrast with being passive, cowardly, easily stopped. We need to meet challenges head on. So what's the other, Annabelle, you got one for us there? All right. So, David, talking to Solomon, parting words to Solomon. And he's saying, Solomon, I'm going to die. And Solomon, you're going to be king. And show that you really are a man. I mean, they can see it on your birth certificate, but let them really see it. And that's what he says, be strong. And then Hebrews 11.34, Steve describing a passage that talks about the hall of faith, people of faith, and what they did. There's this, it's kind of, there's a, there, it's a full, there's a big sentence, but I had them read a little section. Waxed valiant in fight. Um, I mean, as days go by, our faith, is, our faith is being tested. Our character, our Christian character is being tested. And are we going to quit ourselves like men? Or are we going to find out that, you know, we're going to shrink back? We have to. Know the Bible, know the Lord, know the, you know, the fundamental things of the Christian life, not the frivolous things, and be strong in them because it's going to be tested more and more in the days ahead. Everything. All right, so let's go to the last phrase, which is really on the heels of, of what it's already saying here. Quit you like men, be strong, be strong. Now... It says, be strong. It's interesting. It's a passive voice, but it's an imperative mood. The passive voice means to be a recipient of strength. Be, you know, there's a couple times in the New Testament when Paul says, be strong in the Lord. You know what it's saying? It means it's the, the voice is being received strength. Let yourselves let be recipient of strength. Okay, so I need some volunteers. We're going to go through. i got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Let's look at eight passages. And uh, so, volunteer, I need somebody for, Josh, you got Psalm 27, 14. I need somebody for 2 Corinthians. Yannick, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. 9 and 10. And then I need Joshua 1, 9. <laughs> okay, Stefan, Joshua 1, 9. I'll go right next to Will because he was being persecuted there. Uh, Ephesians 6, 10. And then Philippians 4.13. All right, Bethany. 
And then, I see all cards here, Ephesians 3.16, right? Chris. And then two more, Colossians 1, 11 and 12. Adam. Last one, 2 Timothy 2.1. 2 Timothy 2.1. All right, Brother Harms there. 2 Timothy 2.1. So that should be eight passages. Let's hear these passages. Okay, the theme of these passages is being strong. So let's just listen to them on the heels of what Paul said here. Psalm 27.14, whoever that is. Oh, yeah. He will strengthen my heart. I need God to make me strong. God, I'm wimpy. Make me strong. I want to be strong. And the psalmist says, wait on the Lord, and that helps with that. He will strengthen our heart. Next passage, Paul tells about how the fact he was weak. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Yannick? What's inter—it's just what's so interesting—is the I'm a candidate of being strong if I'm weak. <laughs> Paul's like, well, I guess I'm a great candidate for God's grace and being made strong because I'm, I've got this thorn in the flesh that just weakens me, and I open myself up to God. God makes me strong through it. Joshua one nine. Who had that one again? Stefan. Joshua 1, I think there was about three or four times God told Joshua to be strong. No, I think it was three times God told him, and one time the people told him to be strong. And one of the things, God, God gives a Joshua a reason to be strong. Did anybody catch it? He said, for, did they catch that? Be strong for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. That helps me a lot. I can be strong. Well, God's with me. I need to be brave. Why? Well, God's with me. For the Lord thy God is with thee. All right. Ephesians 6.10. Who had that one? Will. Amen. All right. Amen. Philippians 4.13. Who had that one? Bethany. Have you seen the shirt? I can do all things. Have you seen the shirt? Anybody seen the shirt? Raise your hand if you saw the shirt that says, I can do all things. I want to see how many people have seen that. All right. Unbiblical. Come on. Right? Because it's an incomplete statement. For us, I can do all things. Well, that's pretty arrogant. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Yeah, that's what qualifies it being a truth in our life is through Christ. Ephesians 3.16, I think was the next one. Chris. That is a, I love that. I've prayed that verse for myself so many times. Where we really need to be strong is in the inner man, because the outer man is going to perish. It perishes, it we, we wears out, and we have to renew, but we have to renew the inner man day by day. Uh, but the, by his spirit, be straight. Paul prayed for them that they would be strengthened with might by God's Spirit in the inner man. I need that. You should pray that prayer sometime. There's a person that used to attend this church. I go to another good church now. These, whenever they wrote me a, a note or something, they'd kind of tag on that verse to me. I'm like, thank you for encouraging me with that. They'd tag that little verse on there. 
All right, who's got Colossians 1, 11 and 12? Adam. So that's just another example. It was like the Ephesians passage of Paul praying for Christians to be strengthened by God. And then, Brother Dave, uh, 2 Timothy 2.1. That's great. Be strong in what? The grace that is in Christ Jesus. The, the help. It's like, you know... Um, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I, I've told you this story probably maybe three times. It just came to my mind um, that some of you, how many of us know Joni Erickson Tata? She's a, like a quadriplegic, I think, from here down. She's paralyzed. And um, there was a, I read, I, there's an incident where she was speaking to some ladies and, um, you know, she, she speaks to ladies, she speaks to different people, and she's an inspiration to many. Um, but afterwards, a lady came up to her, and just the, the gist of it was the lady says, oh, you just, you just seem, you know, so happy and, and just ha so strong and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And she goes, well, what you see was, was, um, was a hard fought this morning. And she says, well, how, how I usually wake up, and I'm just trying to recall this from my memory. She says, what it usually is like is I, when my alarm goes off, I, I wait for so-and-so to come help me get out of bed. And, and I, before I get up, I say, please, God, you know, help, help me today with um, my challenges and my discomfort and um, you know, whatever her issues are. And, and she waits for somebody to come and lift her up, set her in her bed brush her teeth, whatever, do her hair, and then she waits for it. She just described kind of this morning routine that's not easy. And um, I, I can't recall all the details to you, but she described this whole morning routine to this lady. And she says, and it's hard sometimes. And I get down sometimes. And she said, but um, basically what the summary of what she'd said back to this lady is whatever you good strength you see in me was hard fought i'm just a good beggar you know it's of god's grace and you know what? that's a good way of putting it we're just if you know when we have strength we have god's grace i'm just a good beggar strong in the grace grace is a gift we get from god but paul says that watch ye stand fast in the faith quit you like men be strong now, this pep talk is incomplete as a Christian. That would have worked as a Roman soldier. That would have worked for the most part for the Roman soldier. But there's a bond of perfection that Paul gives to us. Let all your things be done with charity. And that means that we're not just to be, you know, kind of a militant type person, a tough Christian, but we also have to wrap up everything in our Christian life with the bond of charity, being charitable, pe charitable people. I've told, joked with you, I'm like, I told my wife, this is our theme verse now for the rest of our life. Let all your things be done with charity. We have charity. She's got Down syndrome. She'll probably live with us the rest of our life. Um, we suppose that she'll be able to be on her own some for the most part, but for now, all of our things are being done with charity. <laughs> At least the person. But in reality... 
It's this, the virtue. Let all your things be done with charity. That caps off this pep talk with something sweet that we need and that everybody loves. It's a, the greatest of the virtues. Let's thank the Lord for our time letting us study this, and probably in the weeks ahead we'll be able to finish this up here.